Hey everyone, welcome to this episode of the Seabros Fishing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Mass Bay Guides. Mass Bay Guides, a family-run charter fishing fleet based out of Situate, Massachusetts. We've been providing anglers with the ultimate fishing adventure for over 20 years. Whether you're looking to put together a multi-boat corporate fishing trip, or you're an avid angler that travels the world and you're looking to catch a giant bluefin tuna, the Mass Bay Guides crew will do anything it takes to make sure you, your friends, and your family have a great day on the water. To book a trip with us, visit the Mass Bay Guides website at massbayguides.com. And for the latest reports, content, and other info, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at, at Mass Bay Guides. This episode is also brought to you by Deep. New England born and bred, Deep is inspired by the fit of the skate and surf retail world, anchored in the technical aspects of the outdoor and offshore fishing apparel market. Deep designs clothes that bring comfort in the elements and also at the bar and restaurant. If you guys visit www.shopdeep.com, you can check out all the new apparel that they have coming out this spring. And if you use the promo code SEARSBRO, that's S-E-A-R-S, BRO20, you get 20% off your next order. We love these guys. Um, we've been friends with them for a while. Uh, what's cool about this company is, you know, some of the owners actually, they actually fish. They fish offshore. They fish the canyons. They giant tuna fish. They have a really, really good offshore program. So, you know, they're, they're making apparel and gear that, you know, truly does fit kind of the lifestyle and, and some of the requirements that we have in, in the offshore fishing world. On this episode of the podcast, Taylor and I talk about line capacity. This is our rigging station format of the show, and you're going to find this dovetails pretty well into the big game drag episode that we released last week. Um, We talk about all the new different types of lines on the market, how we specifically spool our stuff for giant bluefin tuna up here in the northeast as well as our you know 50 class or lighter shark stuff or um setups that we fish in the canyon so i think you're gonna get a lot out of this if you uh if you aren't familiar with a lot of the new products on the market and you might be able to to figure out a better way to spool up your tackle during this off season, get a little bit more line capacity on there, more pound tests, just be better prepared for the season. So without further ado, enjoy this episode of the show. Welcome to the Seabros Fishing Podcast. Yeah, so to uh, dovetail into our last rigging station episode talking specifically about drag on big fish drag drag if you if you guys want to learn or at least just listen to how we approach drag pressure to specifically tuna fish but you know really all big game hard pulling fish um check out our last rigging station yep and this one's going to be focused on line capacity so we'll start off the same way reels this is where this is where yes the the real size class really, really, no pun intended, does make a uh, a difference. So, right. for anyone that doesn't know, just the kind of the basics behind real number and size class, like thirty, fifty, you know, eighty, one thirty, 
whatever that number is, is roughly the pound test in monofilament line that it can hold a thousand yards of. Right. Um, Obviously, some monofilaments are thicker than others, so it doesn't... Yeah. It's not 100% accurate, but it's that's what they came up with for size range. So whenever you're buying reels, you know, again, like we mentioned kind of in the drag ep- in the drag episode, pay attention to, you know, pay attention to that capacity because not nowadays with stuff getting better and better drag and smaller arbors on spools, the new 50s hold you know, significantly more line than they used to, you know, when the old pen STs were out and, and that sort of thing, you know, the Talicas, the pen VISXs, they hold a lot more line. And when you start using real thin hollow core and different backings, you can get a lot out of those small reels. So, um, or, or if you have older stuff laying around that you want to utilize, you know, like Brian just said, there's so many lines out there that allow you to now spool up for uh a longer running fish exactly you know exactly so i'm not gonna spend too much time on real sizes i mean it's pretty straightforward but again figuring out what type of fish you're gonna catch you know if you're giant tuna fishing or cane fishing primarily or you know whatever else um the, the number class on reels is a pretty easy way to figure out where you need to start. Um, as far as line types in diameters, oh, you can go on forever about this, right. but um, a couple <laughs> different ones that we use and we like. Uh, we'll start off, you know, start off like we're spooling a reel. We're going to spool with backing and stuff first. So the way we do our, you know, 50 class reels, and when we say, when we say 50 class, like kind of our shark stuff, our stand up tuna stuff. Um, we set it all up, set everything up with, I'd say 80% filled with some sort of hollow core braid Braid. backing on our, you know, 16s on our twenties, on our fifties, that kind of smaller standup class reel. It's about 75, 80% hollow core backing. So depending on the size reel, like a 50, pretty much stick with 130 pound hollow core, you know? Whether you're whether canyon fishing or bluefin fishing, exactly. Right. I mean, that's you're gonna get plenty of line capacity. And you can just change your that. top shot if you wanted a couple yeah. different size top shots. You'll get 400 to 600 plus yards of backing on, you know, a 50, depending on what type of 50 it is, uh, right. with 130, and also what time of 130 hollow you're using, which we'll talk about in a minute. But um, so yeah, so for that size class backing, that's pretty much what we go with. And then for top shot, we use anything from a hundred pound mono to a hundred and fifty pound mono. It really, all depends. On our shark stuff, it tends to be more hundred pound. We use Berkeley Pro Spec hundred pound. The blue color works great. Um, and for our our bigger, you know, one thirties and stuff, we're using one fifty Jinkai or you know whatever else. Uh, we do like Jinkai Smoke Blue. That's our go to, but. We've used other stuff in the past. Um, so 50 class stuff, holocore to mono, and it's typically spliced or a loop-to-loop connection. So on a 50, roughly, you know, I can look up some specs for for some of them right now, but, you know, looking at the pen, pen VISXs, let's pull those up right now. 50... 
Let's see here. I mean, braid, solid braid capacity on these things. They hold about over a thousand yards of 130 pound spectra. That's a lot. That's insane. Yeah. It just goes to show you what you can get out of those. But those are the new pens that, you know, have heavier drag. Smaller arbor on the spool. Smaller arbor. Fit more on there. You know, other reels are comparable to, like the Talicas and stuff, they'll hold that. But, you know, you can fit a lot of, that's, you know, solid braid. So with a top shot on that, so you do a 100-yard top shot of like, you know, 130-pound mono, you're getting eight 900 yards of line on those things. Right. You know, it's plenty. And if you're experienced and that's what you want to do, I mean. Have fun. A, have fun. <laughs> I mean, I like doing it on occasion, but yeah. not all the time. Right. Um, so, yeah. For the smaller smaller class stuff, solid, um, solid hollow core, yeah, braid, all well, hollow core braid, not hollow solid core braids. There's differences, right? Solid being all the way through the spool until the top shot, exactly. Yeah, so hollow core braid. Um, you know, our our goal with smaller gear, especially because some smaller gear may not have as much drag pressure, is we're trying to have at least. 550 to you know 550 plus yards a line on our spool that's like the minimum when it comes to um you know if you have a really big big fish eat and that first initial run it's not uncommon to take 500 yards a line on the first run yeah with no problems with no problems exactly so um you know if, if you're thinking about getting lighter gear or you have lighter gear and you're worried about how much line uh is on your spool um you know, just make sure you get at least 600 yards and at least that gives you time to at least, you know, chase the fish or have a chance at chasing the fish if you hook something that you really weren't out there to target. Yeah. Yep. So, um, a couple of different hollow cores that we like and still kind of focusing on our, let's just call it our 50 class setups. Um, Berkeley Pro Spec, from what I understand is like the thinnest hollow core on the market. Right. Um, it is sick stuff. You can fit a ton of line on those small reels and it's tough. I mean, I fished it up in Canada last year on a few fish and wrapped in buoys and, you know, didn't break, no chafing up against, you know, metal turnbuckles and stuff like that on, on floats and buoys. And it's, it is really, and we used it on the bank all season on four rods and tangled a lot of different things and sawed some stuff off and, um, we never knock on wood. We have yet to have any issue with bizarre parting or anything on that yeah. braid. Yeah, it's super. Um, and I notice it really doesn't bury as easy as some of the others. No. Uh, I don't know if it's because it's a rounder braid. It's got more fibers in it compared to some of the other ones that are maybe flatter that can kind of cut into itself. Yeah. Um, I might be getting real scientific there, but we never, from what I recall saw that line bury into itself once last year nope the only the only thing you know being transparent about if you're not experienced at splicing and stuff it's it's harder to splice because it's a it's thinner diameter than most hollow cores and it's got extra fibers in it yeah so trying to splice loops in it or finger trap splices you know mono into it's pretty easy but trying to do uh like a like a um easy quick loop splices for swivel connections and stuff it takes a little bit more patience and time with that pro spec braid but it's super strong once you get it in there 
Another type of braid that has been on the market for a long time that we like is just Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown hollow core. Lots of people use it. It's super easy to splice. Um, you know, 130 or 200 works well. 130 obviously on 50 class, 80 class stuff. But um, but that's awesome braid. Diamond braid. It's very similar to the the Jerry Brown from a splicing perspective. Um, you know, pretty much identical. I think the diameters on those two are are pretty comparable. And but that Berkeley Pro Specs definitely thinner, absolutely yeah. thinner. Um, then so the, why, why don't we I mean, kind of to go back? Why don't you? You've done a lot of. We both done a ton of spooling of reels uh, in our lifetime. But yeah. um, <clears throat> how do you? What knot do you use? If you even have a name for it, how do you like? Why don't you debunk a couple of those like theories of how people. Is debunk a word? I think it is. Yeah, it is. Should be a word. Should be a word. Um, why don't you, you know, I guess explain how you attach your line to the arbor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe some reels, especially smaller stuff, you might throw something else back there. Maybe you don't anymore. How is that all that all that changed? Um, I'm talking like new gear with just a smooth spool. No. Yeah, so I'll I basically you want to say like how we tie it to the arbor of the spool, how, yeah. how we do our Right. How this we is how we it. do it. This yeah. isn't. So the start not saying to, how to do it. Start to finish this is, process. This isn't the only way to do it. There's a yeah. lot of different ways to do it. But how to? Some guys used to, you know, put a rapid uh, painter's tape or electrical tape down there. I don't do that because I think it holds corrosion. Mm-hmm. You know, even though you might not be getting spooled on every fish or whatever, yep. salt migrates its way down there. So. Um, I do like electrical tape on the bottom of the spool. Yeah, you can. If you want to use a tape, that's probably the best also, tape to use. It's also different if you're going to unspool your reels every year. Right. You know, if you're going to unspool them and clean them, it's not a, really a problem. Right. But an easy way to do it is, there's a bunch of videos on YouTube and stuff, but I basically do take the, the backing, I do two wraps around the arbor of the spool, and then I basically tie a... You can kind of tie like a uni knot style slip knot or just like an overhand slip knot and then another overhand near the tag. And then I leave about an inch to two inches of tag end after that last overhand knot. Mm-hmm. And I, I wet it and I slip everything down as tight as, as it'll get to the spool. And with that, still almost two inches of tag With line. still almost right. two inches of tag. Yep. And... You, you kind of like you pinch it with your fingers and pull on the standing line to get that knot as tight as you can to the arbor, preferably right dead center in the spool. And a lot of the new spools have like a texture on the arbor. So it prevents even that. Even more grip. Prevents that slipping. Or even some of them, those smaller reels have like a rubber. Like right. The new pen stuff has like a little rubber there. Cinch that down. And then you lay that tag end in line with the arbor of the spool, the bottom of the spool. So the spool's going, you know, horizontal. You lay the tag end horizontal. horizontal. And if the tag end's a little too long, like it's creeping up the arbor of the spool a little bit, like up the spool itself, just snip it so it just lays perfect right along the bottom. Then when you start taking your turns, you know, with pressure, obviously, mm-hmm. and um, you always want to put line on, especially the braid with a lot of pressure, you know, 15, 30 pounds. There's a couple different um, spooling machines and methods on the mar- on, that you can use to do that. You know, I talked about the spooled up line winder that adds plenty of pressure to be able to do that. The line winders and the tackle shops can, you know, they can add some pressure there. If you're going to do it by hand, make sure you just, someone's wearing gloves or whatever else and applying a lot of pressure. But you take those wraps at the bottom of the spool and make sure you go over that 
tag end. That tag end will create more friction at the bottom right. of the spool and keep it from slipping. And that's what really bites. Yeah. And then you just start spooling. And so in every like, I don't know, try to be consistent with it. Some guys go wicked aggressive back and forth, left to right the whole entire time. Which I think is probably a lot more important on the smaller braids. Yeah. You know, like the deep drop guys, you'll see 80 to 100, 80 to 100. Sorry, 65 to 100 pound braid, which is really common for deep drop guys. You know, you see them go back and forth a lot because that thinner braid can cut into itself. Exactly. So if you're using, you know, 200 hollow core, you don't have to be as crazy. But if you're using 100, even 130 in that new pro spec stuff, you have to be a little bit more aggressive putting it on. You don't have to be aggressive the entire time. Yeah. But, you know, every few seconds or whatever, make sure that. You go kind of aggressive. Maybe every back fifty and yards, hundred yards. Like X's. Yeah. You also don't want to be too aggressive because if those X's are way too drastic and you're sitting on them for a while or you do get a little snag up, it can cut right through the X the the bottom layer that's underneath it. Yeah. Um so you know, say a pen, one of the new pen fifties, probably put about seven, eight hundred yards of that one thirty pro spec on there. Mm-hmm. And then um, you can just finger trap splice your mono on top of that mono. You can be very gradual in how you you know put it on the spool. You know it's it stretches thinner right. mono. You want to be a little bit more aggressive, but you know one thirty, one fifty. Put that on top. Um, you know I'll let you talk a little bit about how we set up our one thirties. I have set up our fifties very similar to how we've set up the one thirties with one difference. Instead of doing a finger trap splice, I put like a small spro swivel there. So I do a loop splice on the backing. Mm-hmm. And then I do like a cat's paw. You can look that up on YouTube if you don't know how to do it to the swivel. And then I crimp the top shot on. And we do that because we're fishing with guides that easily pass that swivel in and right. out of the guides. You can't use it on like, you know. Even, even regular AFCO Even guides. regular AFCO guides. If it comes out at Mach 100, it's going to get snagged up. One thing that's nice about, um, nice about it goes in and out easier than like the leader connection because you only have a crimp on one side of it. It's mm-hmm. nice and soft, and it's and you have all that line side. out, so the the angle's different. The angle's you're different. not straight up and down, so you're yeah. out. You know, you're more planed out, so that the top shot swivel coming out comes out a lot smoother. Yeah. So on those on the new fifty class stuff, depending on the backing stuff you're using. You know, like I said, like 80 and 20. So you get, you'll get roughly 800 to, you know, a thousand yards of line on there, depending on where you're using, which is plenty, you know? Um, And then for 80, so we're going to kind of go more giant tuna right now. Yeah. If guys have 80 wides and they're spooling up, you might change that a little bit, right? Yeah. 80 wides would be almost the same except i'd use 200 pound hollow core right straight to straight 200 pound hollow core as the backing and then uh you know depending on what you're gonna do you know 100 feet to 100 yard or 150 yard top shot depending on if you're bait fishing a lot you're fishing on the anchor you're trolling it's going to kind of dictate how much top shot you want on the reel but um again if you have big guides you have winthrop guides and you're fishing a lot you can crimp your header on, splice a swivel onto the backing. Crimp, Without a long tag end. Yeah. A nice burned, nice smooth burned. tag end. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you can change out easy on the way way out, you know, way in. You know, you don't have to worry about splicing. 
it's just uh, a lot easier to manage and having fresh monofilament on top of your, your braid is, is key. Um, but once we get into one thirties, it changes a little bit because right. you have a much, you have a lot more capacity and especially with the new lines that are out, the new specifically like braided stuff that's out. We, we change it. It's expensive. So, so we change it. So a bit. on, on fifties, you're pretty much maxed out at like 130 pound header because you only have 130 pound holocore. Yeah. On your eighties. Now we're, we're bumping up into 200 pound holocore because the reel is a lot bigger. It can handle that get enough yardage the reason why we don't go with 130 is because you're going to put like a gazillion yards of line and you're going to basically hand your wallet to anybody yeah. spooling it you can you can afford to lose the line capacity a right. little and go with 200 pound right. braid now you have options now you could exactly. fish you know i wouldn't go any less than 130 top shot because now you got the chance of slipping mm-hmm. uh and you're especially with a finger trap splice but um you know you can go all the way up into 200 pound top shot if you wanted the reason why we don't, our boats don't have 200 pound mono top shot on our reels is um, really just because we fish them all different ways. Trolling or bait fishing, it's it eliminates a good amount of that sag in the line because 200 is a lot heavier than 150 when it comes to, yeah. you know, from the rod tip out to your bait, there's a lot of sag in the line. Mm-hmm. And we try to eliminate how much sag there is, especially for trolling you know, maybe uh, dead baits behind bars. And uh, we don't want that big giant sag in the line that interferes to, with the bar. Yeah, you want to be able to clear the short riggers. Right. So uh, that's pretty much why we fish 150 on... Especially on trolling it. slow. Yeah. You know, there's a whole exactly. lot of variables, but... Yep. But then our 130s are different. I mean, right. there's... If you were to spool a 130 with straight 200-pound holocore... You're talking. You might as well buy a boat. You're talking four hundred dollars in backing, right? You know. So what we do is, and we're going to talk about the next type of line is we base our base backing on a one thirty is Dacron, two hundred pound Dacron, like the standard go to backing for giant bluefin tuna fishermen. Mm-hmm. So instead of putting four hundred and fifty yards of two hundred pound Dacron or five hundred yards of two hundred pound Dacron, depending on the kind of one thirty you're fishing, one thirty reel you're fishing, we only put about three hundred on there. Two fifty, three hundred. So that fills the spool a little bit, you know, and put some line on it. Then we do a braid to braid splice, which I'll probably post a video of it at some point on on our Instagram page. But can you YouTube it? Are there guys that do it? I haven't Not found really. a good one to be honest. But basically, what you do is you pull the the Dacron into the Spectra, the the hollow braid they're going to put on top of it by about six or eight feet, and then you pull the Spectra into the Dacron six to eight feet. So there's a little overlap. And it can't really pull because each line's going into itself. Yep. I'll post a video at some point, but. So anyway, we have 250, 300 yards of Dacron. Then on top of that, and I'm just kind of guesstimating here. I mean, we've been in the off season, so my my numbers aren't as sharp as they're they within 50 are. yards, probably. Yeah. So you say we have 200, 250, 300 yards of Dacron. On top of that, we have roughly about 400 yards of 200 pound holocore. Right. Um, maybe even 500 yards. So we've got roughly 700 yards of backing. You know. Um, give or take, depending on how many cuts and splices we've redone or what type of holocore we're using. With that pro spec, it gives us a little bit more capacity. And then we splice a loop 
into the spectra, into the hollow braid, to a swivel, and then we crimp our top shot on onto that. And we're fishing Winthrop tool guides, a lot of clearance. That that connection can go in and out of the rod at you know full tuna run speed. It doesn't really matter. And like right. t- and like Taylor said, the line's usually angled at that point, so it comes out nice and almost clean. straight. Yeah. So you so we actually end up having two types of backing on our 130s. And the reason for that is it helps us save money. And we also don't want to go straight Dacron for a couple reasons. One is it's not going to give us the capacity. And two, when a fish has you stretched out 300 yards, I'd rather have line in the water that's the diameter of 50-pound monofilament than have true 200 pound dacron ripping through the water all the time the 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 sag in the line is insane yeah i mean you got a loop and especially when the fish is way way out you get that loop you get that sag in the line when you're chasing them down you don't really know where the fish is when he's 500 yards 400 yards from the boat exactly he could be back under the boat like i said in the previous uh rigging station yeah so um again the reason why we put the braid over the dacron is so it can cut through the water a lot easier chasing the fish down uh it can cut through an obstacle too a lot easier yeah uh, if you get hung up in something i mean you may or may not want that but you know it'll cut it'll cut the five obstacles on your hand off right it'll cut your hand off real quick so it's important to have a glove um but yeah, so we're basically using 250 to 300 yards of uh, 200 pound Dacron, four to 500 yards of 200 pound holocore braid, and th- those are connected with a um, a splice, you know, finger trap to finger trap, basically. Yeah. And then um, to a 230 pound Spro power swivel, and then crimped to our uh, our header, our top shot. 150 mono. Right. Yeah. And uh, you know, again with a smooth uh burnt end on the top shot uh without a giant tag in that can get stuck in the guides on the way out and then top shot depends on the type of fishing you're doing if you're trolling a lot and bait fishing i probably go a true 100 to like 125 yards of top shot right if you're just bait fishing sometimes you only need 100 150 feet of top shot especially on the down rod. especially on the down rod you don't need to right. go through all that mono you know some guys like stretch I don't, I'd rather, because you're fishing on the anchor, I'd rather have the more abrasion resistant backing in the water. So if I rub up against something or whatever else, it's not going to compromise the line as much. Right. Um, so we, we tend to go a little bit less on our top shots. So our, our 130s at the end of the day have 300, you know, 800 yards of line or so on them. You know, it, it pretty much gets you another thirty percent more line than if you were to just do Dacron to Brit, to uh, monofilament. Yep. You know, and honestly, it's it's required. I think the old school of just Dacron to mono is, um, I think it's a suicide mission on anchor on a fast tide because you get those bigger fish that eat with the tide sometimes, and before you can even get to the rod, he has a hundred yards of line out, and next thing you know, he's two-thirds of the way into your dacron and you're trying to either put the brakes on them or do something foolish to to get on them and uh, looking at it with braid on top you know you can take a little bit more time relax not increase drag to, to change the fish even though that doesn't work anyways um you'll you'll land a lot more and have a lot more time 
to you know get after him with the extra the extra braid yeah um yeah so i think that's one really big pointer i think is uh not to overspool your reels that's like a big thing that you'll probably notice on some of our pictures and videos it almost looks like our spools are under under spooled you know we're fishing with charters every day so it's people that don't really know how to guide the line as they're uh, as they're reeling in so sometimes you get a little bit of a mound and uh if you're not experienced that mound can end up hitting the top of the reel and you know you can't yeah. reel anymore you can't you have to back off let line out and yeah fight them again um another good another good point about the mound the charter mound you know right. inexperienced angler mound of line in the middle of the spool you know yeah you have the risk at hitting the underneath the the top of the spool if they're not level wanting but the other issue is if you allow that to happen it mountains and then and, and then it avalanches off to the side and then it starts to bury in the corners yep and that's when you're going to have a problem Right. So, you know, regardless of, you know, obviously you don't want to over, I would rather have an underfilled re- spool than an overfilled spool, especially charter oh, yeah, fishing absolutely. or having new anglers. Right. But you still have to watch it because if you get that avalanche effect, especially with the swivel connection that we're talking about to the top shot, it's a nightmare. You'll get hung underneath that crimp and kapow, yep. you'll break them off. I'd say the, the most we spool, if it's all fresh line that hasn't fought a fish yet, with the leader coiled in the spool, we probably have a half inch. Yeah, I'd say it's about a half inch between half the, inch. the 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 line and the uh, whatever that the crossbar there on the sp- yeah. on the uh, on the reel. Yeah. Uh, once you fight some fish, you know that turns into probably closer to three quarters of an inch. Yep. You know by the end of the season, because uh, you know it's so tight on your spool. Yep. Uh, but yeah, that's really important. You know, not to over spool your reels. You'll run into way more issues than um, it's worth having that extra hundred yards of line, you know, hundred yards of backing. It's not worth it. Yep, I agree. And just to kind of a recap on on line diameters and just some some general facts. Um, talking about backing, dacron is the diameter of a pound test dacron, like two hundred dacron is typically slightly bigger than what a 200-pound monofilament diameter would be. They're almost equivalent. Like a, so da- Especially when stretched, probably. Yeah, so Dacron to mono, pretty much the same diameters. Holocore braid, much smaller. 200-pound holocore, roughly the diameter of it's 50. Like a, it's like 50, a third, right? Yeah, 50-pound monofilament. Yeah. Solid core, like solid non-holocore braid is even thinner depending on how many through what the thread count is carrier braid that sort of thing that sort of thing so that's kind of the the braided line side of the of the of the game as far as and our numbers aren't exact yeah we're just you know spitballing we're not basically. tech we're not like tech spec guys right, we're not but pulling like it's, stuff it's, up. it's you know pretty it's approximate yeah but um and then on the mono side mono fluorocarbon side you know different mon different brand monos of different diameters are all roughly the same, but like some drastic differences would be like, um, 
Jinkai versus Momoi Diamond. Diamonds like huge. Diamond, the diameter is typically bigger. It also, its breaking strength is way right. more than what it's rated for. I want to say 130 is like 180 pounds. Yeah, something like that. Something, and there's, something crazy. And there's a few other brands like Makai is similar to that and, and stuff. But um, but then that starts to affect your crimp sizes and that'll be a whole nother topic. But, but mono, you know, varies slightly. Fluorocarbon is thicker than monofilament. Right. You know, it's a lot. Probably, what, 10, 20% thicker? Yeah. Yeah, roughly. I'd say about that. Again, it's approximate. Yeah. But um, but when you're choosing a crimps, especially between your top shot and your leader, you might have one size crimp for, it could be both 130 pound, but you may have one crimp size for one, one crimp size to exactly. another, depending on what, you know, if you have Mamoy Diamond 130 pound top shot and you have 130 blue label fluoro i don't know off the top of my head exactly but you might have two different crimp sizes there. or you might have a different crimp size after you fish it after you a lot fish of, it, what a lot of people it swells do, up it swells fluorocarbon and monofilament will absorb water over time so you notice like if you're fishing you know 150 makai you know mono or mm-hmm. something similar you might have been able to get away with using an li crimp initially but if you fish that header a few times and it absorbs water it's tough to get an li it in an li crimp you might have to be in an sg crimp or a different size crimp you know right. but anyways we're sidetracking on crimps now but that's basically line capacity um you know again if if you're if you're fishing for giant tuna or you know even blue marlin i feel the same way about blue marlin they're both Blue Marlin can sometimes take even more line than than giant tunas. Um, 600 plus yards of line is kind of what I think at this point, the rule of thumb, Yeah, what you want. I agree. Um, once you get under 600 yards, you, you either need a real experienced person and captain and mate, I guess, um, you know, or you just have to get lucky. And sometimes, you know, you might hook a hundred incher and he only takes 200 yards of line or a hundred yards of line. And comes in tail wrapped, and you think that you know, three hundred yards is is plenty of line, but um, you know every fish acts different. I guess the point we're trying to make with these, like the drag episode and this episode, is if you pay attention to those things, a lot of the gear you already have, if it's decent gear, you can tweak and make, you know, fit your needs pretty pretty well. Right, you, know, you can figure out all right. I have a lot of drag on this reel, but not a lot of line capacity. So I should probably go with a smaller size backing or something like that. Like these are all the things that you can think about and tweak and consider when. And now is the time to do it. And I mean, now is the time to do it. I got nothing. The season's else coming here. up. Yep. All right. Well, that's uh, that's line capacity and some more details about fishing string. Um, I love fishing string. Love fishing string. But sometimes I hate fishing string. I know. Like when it breaks, that's the worst. <laughs> yeah. Even worse is hooks. There's no perfect hook. Yeah. That's I wish enough. there was like something else that we could use besides hooks to capture them. Like dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> Either missile launchers or, or yeah. dynamite. Oh, God. Well, that's it. Just remember, you can't catch them if you don't have hooks in the water. Always trust your instincts. And the last one, you're just going to have to keep listening. Stay tight. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of the Seabros Fishing Podcast. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Mass Bay Guides and Deep, for providing support for this episode. 
Uh, we also wanted to thank all the attendees that went to the February 29th Seabros Fishing Social Night. We had a great time, uh, a lot of great feedback um, at the show, after the show, on social media. We're definitely going to try to do a few more of those next year, kind of small scale social nights with a, um, with a workshop incorporated into it. If you haven't already, if you could please go on Apple Podcasts and, and search for the Seabros Fishing Podcast and, and give us a five-star rating so we can, we can keep getting exposure to more fishermen, specifically offshore fisher, fishermen around the world. Um, we'd greatly appreciate that. Um, we appreciate all the feedback that we've got on, on all our previous podcast episodes, and we're going to try to keep as much content coming out to you as possible. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seabros Fishing. And we're going to put some more details about these episodes, pictures, all that good stuff. And uh, you can also follow our, our charter fishing account at Mass Bay Guides. That's it for today. Appreciate you listening. Everyone stay tight.